Welcome to episode 2, chapter 3 of Unbroken, a short story by S.V. Fugazi, narrated by S.V. Fugazi. Alright, this chapter is called Work When Broken. Neve wheeled her chair into the office. It looked much different than she expected, colorful and bright, with many clients being held by their therapist. Their beds, big yoga balls, workout equipment, so many things to help her get better. Himiko, can you try and move your legs? I saw you trying earlier. Himiko blushed, embarrassed that Neve had seen her sad attempts to stamp. She tried again, reaching out towards what she knew was walking. Neve smiled at her sadly when their legs didn't move. Is it all you can do? I got my toe to move earlier. I could bend it. A few hours passed of them working together to try and get her legs to move. Eventually, Himiko gave up. Can we go back already? I can't move my legs, okay? It's not going to happen. Himiko cried out in frustration. They said, if you don't try, you're never going to get better. I should know. Neve said as she peeled up her pant leg on the left, revealing a large patch of scarred pale skin. Parts of her leg missing, connecting to her prosthetic foot on the right. On the right, a similar situation, but with a foot still. Himiko gasped, surprised. What happened? A large doorman came in, sitting next to Neve. Her tan brown fur matched Neve as she began. Who is this? Bella, my assistant's dog. She helps me walk sometimes. When I was 17, I went camping with my friends. They dared me to go on a hike with them. When we got to the top, we climbed near a boulder, near a cliff edge. I was dared to go near the edge. The rocks below me slid. My leg got mangled under the rocks. I almost died. I bled until I passed out. I was covered by a large boulder. They sent search and rescue. They did drag me out, and much of the skin on my leg was lost. And Bill replied, I slide. Oh my god, that's horrible. Neve replied, I have Bella here. She helps me with my mobility. The prosthetic is very uncomfortable sometimes. She helps me walk without it. I see. Let's get you back to your room. We'll continue tomorrow, Neve said. As she will, Kimiko back to her room. See you tomorrow, Neve. Bye, Bella. Bye, Himiko. <clears throat> Six months later, Neve and Himiko moved into a large home together. A three-bedroom, two-bath. They lived near a park. It was fully wheelchair-accessible. Neve ran into Himiko's room. He's ready! Who's ready? Himiko replied enthusiastically, but confused. Kibo! Who? Come outside. Wait, my, my, my chair! Himiko started, but Neve was out. Miko lifted herself from bed to her chair and we all out of the room. Neve was sitting by the door, her head out, talking to somebody, who wheeled it behind her. What's up? Neve jumped, not expecting him to go. You scared me. Himiko laughed. Hey, not funny. The person on the other side said, cover her eyes. It sounded like Zhang. Neve covered Himiko's eyes as Zhang opened the door, closing it behind him. They opened her eyes to find a giant black and white dog, at least three or four feet tall, standing in front of her. What? She read the vest. Service dog was written across it in large letters. Miko let out a cry. Is he for me? They shook Miko's shoulder slightly. He's yours. What's his name? Miko said, crying happy tears. Kibo. Miko sobbed at the name meant hope and happiness in her language. Kibo, come here. 
Um, Kiba walked over. She could feel his weight shake the ground as he approached Himiko and sat. What tasks can he do? Himiko asked through her tears. He can do brace, walk, retrieve, hold. So many things. He can get water, food. Jing trained him. He passed his public access test yesterday. Himiko started sobbing happily. Jing and Rei hugged her. I, I can't believe you did this for me. You didn't have to. Jing turned to Kibo. Kibo, come here. She pointed to front in front of Himiko. Brace. Kibo seemed to solidify the quote, shifting his posture to a more steady stance. Himiko, can you use him to stand for me? Just like we practice on the railing in the hall. Himiko started unsure. I'll try, Himiko said, placing her hands on Kibo. Laughing, his tail started wagging. Suddenly, she stood. Oh my god, I'm doing it. Kibo, slow walk, Jane said. Kibo placed one foot ahead of him, easily moving at least a foot forward in that one movement. Himiko almost fell. Yeah, you can do it. Walk as you did in the clinic. Use Kibo for balance if you need, said Mireille. That Himiko placed one step forward. Lifting her leg with one hand, was holding it to her chest, and tried activating her muscles. The muscles responded slightly. Setting down her leg, she placed her weight on it. Oof! She exclaimed as she began to fall. Kiba let out a bark, quickly facing himself in front of her, catching her. She turned to Jang, who was laughing behind his hand, trying to hide it. Kiba is a good dog, as good as you are about at walking, Himiko. Said Nurei. Not funny. Kibo walked back to the chair, still holding Himiko on his back, Jing, letting Jing help her into the chair. They heard a knock. Jing walked over, opening the door. There was murmuring. Himiko, come here. Who grabbed Kibo's harness and said, pull. Himiko started pulling towards the door. She was greeted by an unfamiliar face. Tall young man, maybe 35 or so, with jet black hair and pale gray eyes. Yes? Do you know somebody named Cosme? The strange man asked. I I do. Why? Himiko said, defensive. We have new evidence suggesting the crash was planned and that Cosme may still be alive. You're joking, right? Zhang replied angrily, confused. My daughter is gone. Sir, you saw the scene. There's blood everywhere. The car was crushed. Himiko, you were bleeding too, correct? The strange man said. Well, yeah, Himiko replied, was tight with shock, now staring at the floor. Kibo placed his hand on her lap as she started shaking. The body was never found. She could have jumped out just before the crash. Are you suggesting that my daughter was trying to harm Himiko? They're best friends. She can never, Jing said, voice heavy and high-pitched as if asking a question. We found a sample of her blood outside this apartment, said the man. What? She couldn't have been the location and direction that the car was hit was reverse of the traffic. She was hit in the lane going left up the street. Um, but the left side of the car was hit. That That's correct. I was on the right side. The car came from the other side, meaning. That's right. Somebody would have had to be going up the wrong way at the time he crossed. That could have been an accident. Security footage found in the grocery store camera on the other side of the street reveals that the car was idle. Parking the lot less than two minutes before the accident. 
At the minute before, it pulled out the wrong direction and began going flame, causing the accident just as Custom was halfway through the street. Nico turned. He saw the, coal, the car pull out of the lot. I didn't think it was the same one. Jenks said, tearing up. If what you say is true, sir, bring my daughter back to me. Not sir. Call me Hal. Hal Ford. Jane, please come out of your room. It's the maze. You need to eat. She heard his bed creak, then eventually scratching. A note was a note was slid out from under the door. It said, No, let me sleep. If Hal has news, you can come and tell me then. Jane's raspy voice said. Can I get you some water, please? I guess that would be okay. Himiko. No, Kibo, water. Himiko says, looking at Kibo as he walks away. They walks in. I have some news from Hal. Himiko replies anxiously. What is it? They found more blood. Her blood near the police office. What? Why? Did she did she try to escape? We don't know yet. I'm sorry, she says, walking out of the room. Kibo returned then. A water bottle in his mouth. She takes it from him. Kibo. Good boy, Kibo. Jang, water. Jang opens the door. A pale, tired, sick-looking figure replies. Jang, you look horrible. Think what Cosme would want you to do. Himiko scolds. Give me the darn water already. Cosme is missing. Yanks the water out of Himiko's hand, making her fall out of her chair. Then turns and slams the door. She lets out a whimper, now stuck on the floor. Kiva starts prying her, trying to get her up. She whispers, Go get help. Command to get Nevaeh or Jane. Kiba runs to the kitchen, prying Nevaeh. She comes rushing in. Oh my god, Kimiko, are you okay? What happened? Nevaeh says, lifting her chair and reaching out to pick up Kimiko. Jane pulled me too hard. She says, tears falling down her face. Nevaeh turns to the shut door angrily. Jane, what the hell? Why did he push her? She survived. Why didn't Cosme? Why did Cosme actually push her? Why did that stupid crippled orphan get to live and not my daughter? Kimbo felt tears stream down her face. She let out a sob. Kibo placed his head on her leg, licking her hands. I guess she deserves to live. If half of what house says is true, your father could be a criminal. Neve, Himiko warns. No! Himiko, if Zang is going to treat you like this, we're going to do something. He doesn't he doesn't mean it. He's griefed and stressed. We all are. Jing says, yeah, listen to the cripple. Himiko wipes her face with tears. You two can keep fighting. I'm going to take a nap. When I wake up, I expect you all to be on good terms again. Neve says, but no buts, Himiko replies sadly. Neve gives the still shut door a death cry. Fine, but if I try and Jing hurts you again. He's dead. Himiko hears the Greek as Jing pr- presumably climbs back into bed, mum- mumbling from the TV.